0: people think we're in a hype bubble, maybe, maybe, but in 10 years from now, we're going to see the actual real value of where we're at and how valuable digital assets really are. Welcome to the
1: Alpha Podcast, made possible by West Coast Customs and Neverland Studios, hosted by me, Jussup. Before we begin, I want to remind everybody that what you're about to hear is not financial advice, nor do we endorse any of the guests or projects on the show. This is simply meant for educational purposes, and oftentimes I'm learning about these projects in real time as we're recording them. While this is brought to you by West Coast Customs and Neverland Studios, the opinions expressed are of my own or the guests and not of the companies. So without further ado, let's tap into the episode.
0: Uh, My name is John Knopf, landscape photographer. Uh, I've been shooting photography for the last, you know, 15 years. My primary source of income has been basically selling prints um, online and through my galleries. I opened a gallery 10 years ago and then closed them all when the pandemic hit. And that's kind of how I got into NFTs and crypto and everything else. Yeah, so
1: how how did you fall into the Web3 space, crypto?
0: Yeah, it's it's a funny story. So when the pandemic hit... um, I kind of was at the point where I was like, the government's not going to save us. Like we need to be able to make some money and my galleries were shut down. And I basically like, I owed money on them. Like I had to figure out a way to make some type of income and get out of those galleries. Yeah. I decided to start like tra- trading stocks, like getting like online. Yeah. Like flipping stock. And it was just, I was terrible at it, but I, I was, you know, progressing. It was like a few months of it. And I was like, this sucks dude. Like all the research I do every time, like I do it, a hedge fund just comes in and destroys me. I'm like, this is just like, and then the GameStop movement happened and all this and, and I. uh I was you know I was trolling Clubhouse at the time and uh my uh like my friends and I we had this uh, group called the Troll Team 6 shout out Troll Team 6 by the way but uh <laughs> we would go and like we'd start these like flat earth rooms and like just oh, <laughs> yeah just like ridiculous Clubhouse rooms and I was drunk one night running a flat earth room with a uh, Troll Team and i stumbled into an nft photography room i like see like i had heard about nfts from like you know like gary Vee and all these people and like i'd seen it on like youtube and i was like i had i had some virtual land so i kind of had an idea of what nft was yeah. but i didn't know like i had heard people had like attached their art to it and i was like i didn't really understand the tech behind it so i sat in on this nft photography room and my mind was just like blown because I'm a landscape photographer who, like, I got into it with like a bunch of old heads, like a bunch of old guys who just like walk around with canes and like beards and like you know, it, it, and it's like I didn't know that anybody my age was even into landscape photography because I never fell into the Instagram scene. I kind really? of, yeah, I was kind of like on my own scene, like I was in the Twitter scene, so it was like I, I was an early day Twitter and I never like transitioned over to Instagram.
1: Which is funny because that's like where photography <laughs> right
0: exactly that's where photography was, but I was already selling prints, so I didn't I, when I saw Instagram come out and I saw everybody posting the work, I was like, why is everyone giving their work away for free? Yeah, that that's just immediately what hit me. I was like, everyone's giving their work away for free and they're not getting paid for this. Yeah. And I was like, I'd rather just continue to sell prints and promote through Twitter and things like that. So I just stuck to my side. Yeah. And so I had no idea that all these people were out there that were like my age. And when I'm in this photography room and like, there's just a bunch of people my age and like, we're all just like, you know, just vibing about photography and landscapes. And they start talking about NFTs and like, then Blau comes in and, like, just starts buying, like, people's, you know, NFTs. And the, the photography, by the way, hadn't been minted. Like, it, maybe there was, like, a handful of people who had minted photography. like
1: It's still probably an untapped... It
0: is, essentially. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, it was, like, there just wasn't a ton of it yet. And, I mean, there's definitely a lot more yeah, back yeah. then. I don't even think there was a landscape photographer, as far as I know, that had minted. Like, maybe nobody as far as I know. So I looked at this and I was like, this is an opportunity I feel like for a whole new avenue to make money. And that's literally, I just was like, this is a cash grab. That's how I looked at NFTs. I was like, this is a complete cash grab. And then spent like two weeks in the community and started like really vibing with everybody and like meeting everybody on Clubhouse. And I realized like this was not the angle that I wanted to go. I was like, there's something more to this. It's way bigger than just making money off art there's like a future technology here that could literally revolutionize the entire financial industry. So, I was looking over kind of like my options of what I could do. I was like, well, what am I what am I capable of doing in this space? Well, I can mint my photography and push for photography because everyone was screaming animate, 3D, you know, uh, that, that still photography will never sell on the blockchain because we had seen these big sales from like Beeple right. and like you know and all this three D animated. There just it, there wasn't a market and there was no collectors at the time for it. So me like putting my work out there was kind of like a risk factor because I have collectors in the real world. What's it going to affect my you know it, my integrity of my art? But how I saw it was is like this is an opportunity not only to make an environmental impact because. I look at it as if I ship a print to Dubai, that's probably a lifetime of what I would use on the blockchain, just one print alone. So I started photography in the belief of sustainability and presenting the world in a beautiful place so that people would see it and say, oh, we need to save the planet. This was like everything that I kind of stood behind. I was like, this is, you know, I don't have to use any resources. We get to, you know, mint it on the blockchain. This is digital, there's provenance. There was so much to it that I just saw so many opportunities for other photographers to get into it. So my idea was, is I'm gonna mint my photography and just not even look at what the market was, which there wasn't any anyway, put my work, you know, at like five or 10 ETH or something like that and just why not? Because I mean I've traveled the world to like take my pictures. I, I only have maybe like two hundred and fifty in my portfolio. I, I just couldn't let my work go like, you know, for nothing. Yeah. And and they were all one of ones. And it wasn't like I went into the space like I've got like this check mark on it on Twitter and I've got galleries. And it was like I was coming from like this really humble place where I looked at everybody's work and had imposter syndrome and was like, shit, everybody's better than me. They should be pricing their work higher than mine. <laughs> like, I, I almost just wanted to like incentivize, like like you guys should really price your work higher because it's, it's amazing. Like, I was looking at just some incredible work out there and it's just like immediate imposter syndrome. But I, I minted, I put it out there. It took months to finally sell. And when it finally sold, I realized, you know, like how much of an opportunity there was just for other photographers to help them, bring them into the space. And that's where I started getting really involved in hosting rooms for photographers photographers uh bringing them on board bringing uh photographers from instagram on board and we kind of like transitioned over into what was now rug radio and when we were on spaces and kind of just like blew up into that and that's where i kind of got into hosting photo fridays and blowing up photographers and yeah
1: <laughs> yeah so uh i do a lot of videography and then i also do photography as well so a lot of this is like it resonates with me when i i first stumbled into the space, it was the very same thing of like, oh, it needs to be animated. It need, like right. Maybe I need to find a, a digital artist that can help me take my work and turn it into something. That's where and I was, yeah. It, and it's like, this is art still. It's like, it's our version of art. 100%. <laughs> uh, I do a lot of drone video stuff and it's like, I've thought about, well, maybe I'll partner with somebody. And I, I think there is a space uh, in, in the NFT world where you can take any type of art. It, there's no like one way this is how you do it and no. figure out how to utilize it and especially Absolutely. yeah and and I think uh, a lot of even past art side of it, like NFTs are going to be utilized for so many more things. Yeah,
0: it, it's not even like, I, I think we're like, you know, we're scratching the surface. I think I read a tweet like six months ago that said, you know, we're so early that the only utility of uh, NFTs is PFPs.
1: Yeah, right. Well, <laughs> I, so I just read an article. Um, I, I live in Florida and there's a house in St. Pete that the deed is actually being auctioned through an NFT. This episode is brought to you by Neverland. And no, we're not talking about the California ranch. You're probably wondering, aren't you a founder? Yes, I am, and I'm not here to bullshit you. Along with my two cousins, Mark and Kurt, our partners Rob and Evan, and the world famous West Coast Customs, yes, the guys behind My Ride, we're building a car customization, collecting, and racing game on the blockchain called Empire App. Empire App will sit in the Neverland world, along with the MetaWhips and the MetaRacer mini game. The crypto dad dad lands mower racing game and the ever-expanding metaverse that's going to continue to grow you can find out more by visiting www.neverland.io that's w-w-w-n-v-r-l-a-n-d dio let's get back into the episode
0: when i read the white paper for ethereum um, that's where I really like got my conviction for like nfts because I, I saw you know this being built on layer two. Looking forward of what we could do with it, it's like you know selling houses on the blockchain, selling cars, dental house, everything, health records, like everything will be eventually on some type of blockchain, right. And so looking at that, I was like, well, then there has to be a huge space for photography because if you look at photography, it's the really digitally native. I mean, it's one of the only digitally native arts that I can think of at the moment that's right immediately on you know an actual you know hard drive that can be transferred over into an NFT into the marketplace, and it and it's the original storyteller when you look at photography. It's it's the you know like think about let's say you know five years from now when we're minting like pictures of John F. Kennedy and Martin Luther King and like these historical Photos And we're looking at the provenance of that. And these are the storytelling, the original storytellers. Right. That, I feel like, has so much value that we haven't even really explored yet. And so, like, I think the 3D animation, you know, Beeple's piece, all of this opened the doorway for so many other genres of art. I mean, I'm seeing yoga getting uh minted to the blockchain and it's selling
1: the the yoga photos i think i've seen them the yoga
0: girl yeah yeah The new yoga girl she's killing it (laughs) i've seen that yeah and and like there's so many but that i I think i remember her in like early clubhouse like wondering is there a space for me right and it's like there's so much opportunity that I, i mean i've seen mint passes you know uh sold for strategies of of trading for stocks, getting into alpha groups, like there's just so much opportunity. We haven't even begun yet. We haven't even scratched the surface.
1: That's a good transition to what are you looking forward to the most (sighs) in this space? That's a loaded question, huh?
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, for me, because I'm because I'm a, an artist, I look forward to so many artists being able to enter the space and finally getting paid for their work in a justified way without having to sacrifice their value for exposure. For 15 years, I've, I've taken photos, and 10 of them, I never got paid. I-, I toured with musicians, I toured with Vegas people. They all were very entitled and just assumed that it's just going to come to them for free. To this day these people even like use my photos and don't credit me. I mean, that's just how it is. And these are so-called friends. Like yeah. that's just how that world works.
1: I know I know the feeling. And, all and, through and it sucks, yeah.
0: And <laughs> they look at us like we're not artists and it's like, dude, you're making music, you're an artist, and how can you take my time and not pay me for it? It's yeah. it's mind-blowing, but I mean, some of the most famous people out there are taking advantage of these situations. So how I see the benefit of the blockchain is that won't happen anymore. And I mean, that was the original reason that we actually opened, you know, photo vault, which was the idea that we could give exposure or different artists to um, different collectors without having them, you know, sacrifice anything. Like for example, with the photo vault that we had, you know, there's eight artists in it. Let's say someone likes a piece of Drift's work, but they've never seen my work. Now they go into our photo vault and they see Drift's work and they see my work and they go, oh wow, I like his work too. Now I'm a collector of all of this and I wanna go into his work and start collecting that. There's exposure that was just paid for. It wasn't sacrificed, there was no value lost. And this is the type of thing moving forward that I, I really think that is like the best part about the decentralized place. I mean, even looking at like what we're doing with Rug Radio, a whole decentralized media platform for the people, by the people, and you're getting paid to basically learn, you know, to, to learn, right. you know, and, and that's the future, I think, of where society is heading from tokenization to homework, to, uh, you know, token, everything can be tokenized for the future to create these DAOs and systems. I mean, I'm watching like cities, you know, like these small like infrastructures create their own DAOs, their own block, their own area where they can, where they can reside and create like anything that they want, whether it's art or or incubating companies. Like, I just think that the future is finally, I think, in our hands if we can get to a more decentralized marketplace. And and that's not the ultimate goal of crypto. You know, I think the ultimate goal of crypto is self-sovereignty, financial, uh, you know, independence. When you look at that for artists, what? better place to put that much money into the hands of people who are creating that want to make the world a better place.
1: Yeah. So there's a lot of things that you said there that I want to touch on. It was a loaded
0: question. You're going to get a loaded answer. Yeah. So one,
1: (laughs) um, one of the things that as you're talking about blocks, like, I I guess a great analogy is like homeowners associations, right? Like you could literally set up a homeowners association as a DAO. And if you had governance tokens, you could
0: have more sway on what happens. 100%. In the, yeah. I mean, we were talking about Bunker Down today of like how we could totally build a bunker somewhere in like the middle of the desert and we'd have Bunker Down where all of DGENs, if shit goes down, we're going to Bunker Down. Bunker down.
1: <laughs> That's hilarious. And then uh, I want to touch on the, the photo vault again. Yeah. Um, I guess explain to me that whole... What is the, the Photovault? So you created a...
0: Yeah, so photo Vault's, you know, it's a fascinating concept. When uh, I got into the space um, back in January, I met someone named Mel, um, and she's actually the person who does all the tokenization for Rug Radio. Um, and we, we started talking just about, you know, the ideas of DeFi and, you know, the future of where Web3 was headed. And we wanted to create some type of, you know, marketplace or a system or something where it would allow people to become entry-level collectors without having to lose value of your art. We had been talking about this for months, but we just didn't have the full concept of what we could do. And it was one day that we were sitting on a stage. Um, it was actually D's. He is the, uh, like, I think the vibe coordinator of Fractional. That's, like, I think his position. Oh, wow. So, yeah, like, full vibe coordinator.
1: <laughs> That's <laughs> and, a cool title. <laughs> yeah, right? And, and
0: so, like, he was literally, like, just talking about, like, I think they were going to fractionalize um, a punk, and they were talking about how they were going to fractionalize a punk, and everyone would be able to own a piece of this. And I was sitting on the stage, and I was like, "Dude, this is an opportunity, like to be able to give everybody a piece of our work without having to say sell it for less than what we feel it's worth." And so I reached out to uh, my photographer friends who I knew had kept like a higher value for their art, like Kath Simard, uh, Ravi Vora, and Ben Strauss. And they had all been selling their pieces for like 5 to 10 ETH. And so I wanted them to be on board with this because this was the idea of people who could get you know entry-level pieces with us. We created this vault where we put all four photographers in it and then three, uh, three pieces per photographer, so 12, 12 photos total. We then fractionalized the entire vault and sold it off in pieces in a type of token. So
1: the, the whole vault. So essentially you would own all 12.
0: Exactly. And it was an asset based base token. So there wasn't really like liquidity. It's just an asset based token. And then you own the actual pieces. And then what the idea is, is that if the vault ever gets like sold out, everybody wins. Right. You know, everybody benefits. But at the same time, you're also owning a piece of castwork, work, a piece of my Ravi's Ben. And so the first vault sold out, I think in like 30 minutes, and we were so like, mind blown by this. How did that compare money-wise? Well, so we valued the first vault, and I don't remember the exact numbers, so I don't yeah. want to screw this up, but I'd say we valued the first vault at like 150 ETH or something, 105 okay. ETH, somewhere around there. Mel's going to kill me for screwing this up.
1: <laughs> but it was essentially more or less than if you were to have bought each one individually.
0: It was, so we basically averaged them to 7 ETH per okay. image, I believe. So it,
1: it still would have brought it down a little bit. So yeah, we were
0: giving a value to the collectors right. as well as we were hoping that this would incentivize people to not necessarily invest in us, but just to believe that our future of our careers was going to go further. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like our reputation, we weren't going to sacrifice it to just run off with the money. We wanted to further our careers, we wanted to keep moving forward. So we wanted everybody to be a part of this because we really thought that this could be like a way to create an opening and there's going to be I think more fractional vaults like this was the idea to create one of these first ones so more artists could jump on board right. and create new unique ideas and that's what we did with photo vault too was we brought on uh, you know drift Alejandro oh. you know Dave Krugman and Jan Silva and so those were guys who like I just thought were killing it in space incredible photographers had done their time and that was like the most important thing have you done your time you know right. like have you sat in rooms have you you do you show up you know like are you a part of the community and all these dudes had been just such a huge part of the community and I call Kath a dude because she's like my bro <laughs> like we literally like text bro like what up dude <laughs> so like if we all just kind of like just let's let's create like this crazy concept where like we're going to just fractionalize all these pieces, sell it off and it, and it worked out really well and in the end we actually ended up merging with Time Magazine and now they have CCO rights over not full CCO rights but exclusive rights over some of the images to be able to use in Time Magazine and any type of like uh, publication that we authorize cool so that. I think makes the vault even more valuable in the end. And all these pieces sit on foundation. So it's like the marketplace is affected by it with foundation. Time is affected. All of these things came into it into play. And honestly, none of it was planned other than we just thought, dude, this would be such a cool way for everybody to be able to collect our work. Yeah,
1: I think that's what's really cool about this space in general is like everybody is trying something new. And you see a lot of duplicate projects and people trying to do the same thing. But I think like people who are experimenting are rewarded because it's like, you know, oh, this is new, this is unique, this is... uh, Well,
0: that's the best part about being early is that everything is basically new. So you can literally constantly reinvent the wheel, which is so exciting for people like me who, like, I love being on the edge of things. (laughs) Like, once it gets, like, mainstream, it's just, I'm out. I don't want want anything a part of it. You're an artist. Right, like, I want to be on that edge of everything. And it's like, right now, dude, we're on this edge of, like, creating this whole, like, dynamic of Web3 and, you know, Congress hates us and we're fighting, you know, against the system and bring down... And it's like, it literally places everything well of like my growing up from watching like in the 90s hackers to slc punk to anarchy forever and like all of these things like play into who i am and like looking at this i was like dude this is everything like that I want for the world for my children this my, is
1: a disrup- yeah. a moment of disruption like it's it's evolution is.
0: yeah it's not like I, we keep saying it's a revolution and sure but we are evolving like we are evolving finance education how we're doing education with Rug Radio you know like we're literally teaching people about DAOs and so we can hand over our project to people who are educated and understand what they're doing right. and, and can move the project forward because they're going to be voting. They're going to control the DAO. This is the whole point of it is that we built a system so that everybody could own it and we can put it into the ecosystem. And the best part about it is we didn't do it to make a ton of money. We put 70% into the DAO, so the company actually thrives. Right. We, we maintained our fiduciary responsibility to make sure that this market and this platform will hopefully continue forever and just create. It, it, it's never ending. We've partnered now with you know Ledger and all these different companies and we're just bringing things forward that I think for Web3, that's what we want to see for the future of everything when it comes to platforms curation and decentralization. <laughs>
1: yeah that's amazing and uh tomorrow you that's something you guys will touch on significantly right yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah. yeah farok and i will come down and we'll talk about rug radio and, perfect yeah amazing. i think there's a lot to go over that yeah. <laughs> a lot to digest
1: um one thing i've been asking everybody so you're obviously selling nfts do you collect as well
0: I collect a lot i was a so i'm actually an original collector i wasn't selling at first um the only way to move photography forward was by buying it yeah and so i didn't have a ton of eth but i did have solana at the time interesting yeah so i had converted um a lot of solana over to eth and started buying up people's nfts and mostly photographies i mean i was the first person to buy a two ETH f- photo but no one had really done that later like, they were like what and it was just a photo you're crazy dude yeah. but that was the idea that if i started pushing these things forward and i mean I was swooping up on every woman's stage like trying to buy up all women's art They were photographers collage artists and I, I mean I think I've collected more of my friend's art now than I've collected in PFPs and everything and that's like how I started was flipping PFPs you know just yeah. moving that forward I was we started collecting I mean I got into the Apes and flipped those and <laughs> bought more art yeah that helps right <laughs> it, it does help when you when you mint a few apes yeah. <laughs> um, What is the last thing you minted? The most recent thing I minted probably was Cass Metascapes. She's doing a project called the Metascapes, which is like an AI generated landscape form of art. Interesting. Yeah, and we haven't seen anything like that. So like that's that's the innovative way of like Web3. Cath came together with some homies. They created a project where it's AI generated landscapes. And I think that's the last project I dived into.
1: Oh, you'll have to show me that after this. Yeah, yeah,
0: we're gonna be doing some cool stuff with them because I think like what they're doing, like and, and then there's like I don't know if you've heard of Transient Labs. Uh-uh. So that's Ben Strauss, the guy who I brought into PhotoVault. He's doing something called Transient Labs. Have you seen like the photo book or any of the so there's like the photo book online that you can actually like flow through the pages on the blockchain and it's animated? What? Yeah, so you click on it and it literally flows through the page oh uh, that's cool Ben got into writing smart contract the guy's a genius and I'm so glad I brought him into the photo vault cause like he's an absolute rocket scientist genius and he's like I'm gonna make smart contracts now I was like okay dude like, <laughs> I would go from photography yeah. to smart contracts I was like good luck with that and obviously, he just wrecked it. And like he's creating it, and now everyone's hiring. We're using him now to incorporate with Photo Fridays and time merging. And we're going to create a whole subscription based system using Transient oh, cool. Labs for magazines for photography. It's like there's just. Endless shit to build.
1: Yeah, magazines
0: for photography that are digital. Yeah, yeah. See, that's cool. Yeah, these subscription-based systems on the blockchain that Ben will be creating with Transient Labs, and shout out to Ben—he just quit his job and is going full-fledged Transient Labs. Wow! And it's just so badass to see that type of stuff. And he didn't have to sell his ape. That's that's the spirit, right? (laughs) Yeah, right. So,
1: (laughs) was there something that they released that you minted from that, or?
0: Um, so I minted something. There's a project called Lit. And it's a token that basically allows you, if you own the token, you get these free mints. And like they've had, so the first one was Neil Strauss, which was the first book on the blockchain. And you could actually use the book, you can cycle through the pages and all that stuff. And then that was done through Transient. And Transient Labs took that on and created that. And that was Neil Strauss's, uh, he's like, you know, best-selling author, uh, New York Times. And he minted his first book on the blockchain, which was just like mind blowing. And that was a part of Lit's project. And then they did like Robert De Niro and all this other stuff. But Transient Labs has been like behind a lot of these amazing tech projects. It's really cool. There's just like so much going on in this space. Like, I, I feel like, I have a decent amount of knowledge and then like you'll talk to like Farouk or like uh or, or, or D's or these guys or like guys Alexy and they just like blow your mind with like blockchain oh, like, like archaeology it's like they may not be tech wizards but they can tell you literally when anything was minted who it was minted by the <laughs> provenance like they'll just be like tell you you're like you know dingling I'm like dude I can't keep track of half the people we're talking about anymore <laughs> like there's just so many names and they've been around for a while like you know like d's i think he's been in you know uh nft since like 2018 or 17 it's like all these guys have been around for a while so like they have this like whole circle and it's like they know each other it's yeah. like you, you just have to like try to keep it because things are moving so quickly it's like what we saw in web 2 is like happening like in light year speed yeah, in web totally. 3 it's crazy
1: yeah i mean like a
0: month feels like multiple years i feel I feel dumber every day. Like I thought you would feel smarter. I feel dumber every day. Well,
1: try, try to do like these podcasts. So I've been going to, uh, some of the different Solana events, the, um, the hacker houses that they've had, and I've interviewed a bunch of people and I've interviewed devs and stuff like that. And every time it's just like, even just from what they're working on. You know, a few weeks ago to where they're at, I'm like,
0: what? (laughs) Crazy, right? You can't keep up anymore. It's nuts. There's just so many things coming out of the utility. It's like we haven't even like, like I said, scratched the surface. It's crazy. Like, imagine if we were getting paid to play The Sims when we were kids. Yeah, I know, right? Like, I'd be so rich right now. (laughs) Like, I I would never have to work. Like,
1: (laughs) I told my son, I'm like, dude, if you have spare time, just watch YouTube videos on (laughs) NFTs. Like, Like, just absorb it. Yeah, like I'm
0: teaching my, I'm like, she's playing Roblox. I'm like, yeah, just keep playing that game. Like. <laughs> Just like I remember my parents like yelling at me to get out behind the computer, and I'm like, You stay right where you are, like, you do whatever you want, <laughs> figure it out. You're learning like the future of where we're headed. Totally. And it's, it's like digital assets are gonna be so valuable in the future. It's like people think we're in a hype bubble, maybe, maybe, mm. but in 10 years from now, we're gonna see the actual real value of where we're at, yeah, and how valuable digital assets really are.
1: Yeah, we're in a hype bubble, but I, I also think that the technology is going to stay forever. That's you know? the thing. Is yeah, like, it's, then
0: if we're in a hype bubble, we're probably in a hundred year hype bubble. Yeah. Because this is just going to keep
1: going. Yeah. I mean, it's like, this is going to be embedded into things. If, if anything, we'll probably stop talking about NFTs or the blockchain. And I mean, people are just going to care about whether or not the user experience is good. I use this analogy all the time, but there's so many people that still don't know the difference between Wi-Fi and the internet. And that's what's going to happen. it's like, People think they're getting on Instagram and getting on Instagram. You're, you're still getting on the internet. <laughs> and that's the underlying tech. Yeah, no. And I think that's what's going to happen is we're just going to see getting on an app or some service and people aren't gonna realize like, oh, that's running off A- Avalanche or Boba Network or Solana.
0: 100%, they'll have no clue of how it's really like, you know, the insides yeah. of everything, but they're gonna be using it.
1: So you had Solana, have you collected NFTs on Solana or multi-chain?
0: Yeah, right. uh, I'm obsessed with Solana. I mean, I, I got in early before when it was like, you know, like $10, $5, like I, I was buying just as much as I could. When I, when I read about what, you know, the team behind it, and just, I, I got really bullish with what their governance papers were leading to. And the future of, you know, when you look at blockchain and just everything that's happened, we're seeing so many different tokens come into place. I mean, we're seeing so many blockchains enter the space, right? You have to look for solid teams. I think that's really what it comes down to. That's, I think, the most important thing, even when it comes to NFTs, looking at the DAO structure, looking at the contract, looking at the team, and not necessarily are they docs, but just the credibility behind the team.
1: Well, I think you had mentioned it, like, as an artist, too, if you're looking at an artist, is this artist going to continue to pursue this career? Are they dedicated, like, your beliefs in somebody and your financial belief in somebody? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like,
0: if you're buying art to invest in, you need to be able to believe even the artists or the future. Like, I yeah. personally, I just buy art because I love it. Like, I'll just see shit on Twitter and I just buy it. Yeah, I, I really, like, unless it's a PFP, I don't flip art. Like, every piece of art that I've bought from artists, I've held. I mean, even the Cool Cats creator, Klon, you know, I got an original piece from him. We traded art. And uh, I, I hold his piece Diamond hands forever. I'll never sell that thing. I mean even uh Nyla, you know the 12-year-old artist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I collected her pieces. Originally she had like, you know, maybe 5 or 10 pieces minted um and they were these long necky ladies and they were the OG ones, the original. And uh I saw them and I showed I showed my girl and she was like I love this art. And I was like, me too. I was like, it's just this, like, 12-year-old kid making it on her iPhone. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, and I was like, I have to buy this stuff. Like, and I was her, I was her first, you know, purchaser. Like, I was her first collector. That's awesome. Yeah, and I bought up three of her pieces, and I was just, like, obsessed with what she was doing, and I started talking to her parents, and, you know, and then I met Keith Grossman, president of Time Magazine, and we brought her out of Time, and, like, she was just blowing up. But that was never the intention. Like, I never wanted to invest in her. I just... Her art was dope. And I was like, this is something I just want. I just collect art because I cherish it. Yeah. But like NFTs that are PFPs, I'll flip those all day <laughs> long. Like everyone's like, are you going to hold your punk forever? I'm like, yeah, sure. When it hits 400 ETH though, <laughs> that's that. <laughs> At the end of the day, like I, I'm a huge fan. Like I, I think everything is art, but I would love to collect one of ones from all my artist friends.
1: Yeah, I like, get so that. That's,
0: that's just, you know, like that's what I want to put on my walls.
1: How do you feel about the game? gaming kind of side of things.
0: I'm stoked. I I think that, I mean, I'm, uh, you know, disclaimer, I'm a huge investor in uh, Star Atlas. Um, I was a huge investor in Axie Infinity. I thought that, you know, I saw what they were doing and thought that was kind of the future. I think, you know, gaming and tokenizing gaming is no question. We've, We've been paying companies how many years to make these games for us and we never get anything that we want out of them. Right. I mean I've been waiting for GTA six for like a decade, bro. <laughs> like what? When GTA six. Rockstar, you guys have billions of dollars. Like shout out. Like where are you at? You know, and it's like when you look at that, the future of gaming if we have some type of DAO where we can help control, like I think that's just such a cool concept where we lead like even like cool cats. I think their game is the future. I really like, I look at it, and I know there's like a lot of FUD going on right now with the whole like, but that's what building is. You're gonna see a lot of issues. You're gonna see a lot of problems. That's the beginning. I mean, look at Ethereum in the beginning. You didn't think there was issues? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, look at when we were trading Bitcoin in 2012. It, there was issues. I can tell you right now, we got hacked on Mt. Gox. <laughs> like, shit happened. That that's. But that's what a part of building is. So it's like, I look at games like Cool Cats and all these things, and I'm like, this is the future of where NFTs are probably headed. And like I know this is like the year of photography, but I also think this is going to be the year of gaming. Yeah,
1: we'll have to... Tell you a little bit about the game we're building. So. Oh, all right. <laughs> Do you have any
0: car NFTs? I don't. You don't? I don't have any car NFTs. We
1: might have to. Uh change that
0: for let's you. make it happen <laughs> yeah let's make it happen
1: <laughs> but yeah well thanks for coming on where can people find
0: you twitter you know we're on rug radio pretty much every single day you know shout out to rug radio we're broke and i and uh, mel we're all the co-founders of it we created it to just be a decentralized platform for the people um you can find me on twitter all day long john Na photos and yeah i'm always basically just leading photography rooms and educating and onboarding more photographers so amazing yeah well thanks for your time man dude thank you this has been a pleasure and we'll be here tomorrow again to talk more about rug radio perfect <laughs> yeah all right thanks for having me man